Anybody believe the Lord's amazing tonight? God is so good to us, and he's, he's in this house tonight, and he's blessing us. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer. We're going to get into a, the word of the Lord. Anybody love the word of the Lord tonight? Don't you just love for the word to speak to your hearts? Now, I've been on a series I'm, was to conclude tonight on Isaiah. Uh, this is a really quick four lessons <laughs> series through Isaiah. But it's my first time to ever teach all the way through Isaiah. <clears throat> Not exegetically and word by word, but just going through the book. And uh, But instead of concluding tonight, we have a number of things happening. And so uh, <clears throat> we have uh, a very successful youth outbreak where the young people meet on Wednesday night. And so we've uh, moved that up a notch for the new year. Starting this week, we're, we're going to have more than one a month. So uh, they don't, <clears throat> they used to join us for the beginning and singing and so on. So they're experimenting with uh, starting right off just like we do our kids chapel. And so brother and sister French are uh, very sincerely and impressively instilling every single time into the lives of our young people. And so I thank the Lord for that. And so that gives us a chance, like we noticed tonight, that instead of Brother and Sister uh, Nathan French having to be in here, <laughs> uh, I think, i tell you what they've done. I'm going to watch, help me watch and see if they, they are so curious, they're, they're just, can't wait to see Sister French up in the kids' chapel. And uh, so they've slipped up there to give her a little high five, I think. We'll, we'll watch and see if they, if they make it in here. But uh, so that gives Sister, um, our, our brand new uh, associate pastor's wife, gives her a chance to help us a couple times a month on her own taking the praise team and letting uh, the praise team leaders take that break once or twice a month. And so now Sister French is, uh, <clears throat> was going to join me tonight. Uh, and I'll explain that in a moment. But she's helping temporarily with the kids' uh, chapel with Sister Nawana tonight. That's who, her... Uh, uh, Assistant, they're working together, and so the excitement's running high with uh, with the kids' chapel, and we have a team of ten, a team of ten, who are taking the kids' chapel from all the way from February into the very first Sunday of May, and so and that includes the Easter, so we get a couple breaks there because we have. The children's choir will be singing at the Easter service. So uh, that gives us 12 weeks. We're going all the way through with, uh, with 12, I mean, with 10 uh, team members who each uh, week are going to be taking a session. And we have a brand new uh, kids' chapel curriculum that they're going to be starting. But Sister French has just written her own for tonight. 
That's why they're so excited. And uh, I was going to join her and do the and lead the singing. I was going to be the children's uh, song leader tonight. But uh, two or three things have come up. The the most important of which is that Sister French and I have been invited to uh, teach a session together this week uh, at Brother Campatella's church on uh, marriage. And so we were going to give uh, all of you a, a taste of that first lesson. But you, you're not going to get uh, to hear her portion. You're just going to hear my portion tonight. And all of you that say, well, I don't need that because I have a perfect marriage. Well, you can just say this is a refresher course. It's just a little refresher. And we're going to talk about many of us do need it. I know that, you know, I'm so I'm young enough that I need it, you know. And so I'm, I'm thanking the Lord for his word that helps me to be a better person. So we're going to pray. We're going to pray for each of these and across the service and in here tonight. And uh, I, I think, you know, sometimes we pray such short prayers. I, it, it, it sometimes worries me. Uh, do we only have 30 seconds of praying? I don't, I'm not timing it, but we, we do need to pray tonight. Can we just lift our voice and let's give him praise and let's ask God to help us tonight. Father, I thank you for every ministry, our teachers all across the church, Lord, all that they're doing. I pray for the teachers of younger children and their challenges and, and the older children and the youth. I thank you for each and every one. For, for Kids Chapel, Lord, and its special and unique opportunity to, to touch someone's life, a child's life. Lord, I praise you tonight. I thank you, Lord, because the church is touching all around the world. We thank you for every missionary, every, every life. But right now, Lord, I pray for everybody under the sound of my voice for anointing and help and strength. I ask you, Lord, to speak to each one and let your spirit be with us. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. We're going to read tonight. If you Give me my first slide. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians 13. We're going to read one for very familiar scripture. There's more on this slide than that, but we're going to read just, just the one scripture, 1 Corinthians. Oops. Um, now, if, if you could, are you able to back that up? I, I brought him right here to 1 Corinthians. But uh, tonight, we're, we're going to talk about uh, a this seminar is, is entitled, Sister French, I haven't done this in years, so we're having fun with it. A Bible and Successful Marriage Seminar, which we're calling We Still Do. Hallelujah. Anybody still in love with your, with your, very, your first wife? Anybody still in love with your first wife? The Lord has blessed you and, and, uh, and you're still in love? Well, I'm going to tell you, I, I don't know why they asked me to do these things, but I'm, I know one thing. I'm madly in love. Praise God, I'm, I'm crazy in love. That's just, I'm telling you right now, it's just the truth. You don't have to like it if you don't want to. But anyway, we're going to read from, uh, I'm teasing you a little bit. Now let's look at 1 Corinthians 13 and 13. So right here, uh, whoa, whoa, here we go. So we're just reading this, and this is the part where let's read it together. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three. But the greatest of these is charity. 
So we're looking at the greatest of these as love principle. And you may be seated. God bless you. We prayed and the Lord is in this place. Now, I want to go back and I'm going to read from a, 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 a translation that just allows me to read it quickly without having to in, interpret or retranslate. All right. And that is verse four. If you grab your Bibles, how many I won't ask how many have your Bibles because this isn't a I'm not trying to search it out. I just if you have a Bible, uh, look at verse four. If not, you can follow here because I'm reading from uh, the new living and it says love is patient and kind. Everybody say that with me. Love is patient and kind. Well, see, we, that's all we have to do is read that and we're well on our way. If you are not patient and kind, then something's wrong. Love is patient and kind. Now, this doesn't mean, of course, that love is never, ever gets <laughs> off track. Uh, uh, people get off track. We know that. But love is patient and kind. So here, here's what I'm saying. And uh, everybody say, praise the Lord. Now, I know some of you are going to wander. You're going to go, oh, I'm not listening. Oh, I'm waiting because you don't want me to think you're listening. Okay, but, but you are, you're going to listen because the Lord wants us to be the best example of what God can do in our lives of anybody in the whole world. He wants to make us the best that we can be. So when the Bible says, and I'm, of course, I'm reading from the New Living, love is patient and kind. Now, never, everybody's not always kind all the time. But here's what's important is that you don't say, well, I'm unkind, but that's okay. Okay, that, see, that's the problem. It's not that we, see, that's the world we live in where, oh, well, if I don't want to, then I can just whatever. But that's not true. Love, everybody say love. And that's what we're talking about. The greatest of these is love. All right, the principle of love. That is that it is patient. And it is kind. So when I'm acting out of patience and kindness, then I'm acting in a loving way. When I'm not patient. Oh, I'm so glad Sister French had Children's Church tonight. So when I'm not patient, see, or I'm not kind, then I'm not acting out of love. I'm acting out of something else. Maybe maybe uh, I'm grumpy or whatever uh, it is. But And then as young, young folks... Uh, start off madly in love, and then they go through all these different cycles. But eventually they have to realize that they have to work on their patience and their kindness. Then it says love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Can you say amen? Love is not jealous. Now, uh, love is not jealous. Or boastful, or proud, or rude. It does not demand its own way. Can you say that with me? It does not demand its own way. This really is a, a guide for uh, developing a, a greater awareness of, of a love relationship in your marriage in, in the entire world. It does not demand its own way. Most troubles could be solved if we could just come to grips with that. It is not irritable. Everybody say irritable. <laughs> and it keeps no record of being wronged. All right? This is one reason I like the New Living at times. I dislike the New Living. I'm a King James fan. But the reason I often use the New Living, of course, I know the translator personally, and it has become one of the top four Bibles in the world. 
I mean, it's only got about that. King, the King James goes to the ceiling, and this is how many people are reading the New Living. But what I'm trying to tell you is that the, the New Living attracts me because it's simple to read and very faithful to translate. Unfortunately, it has other problems that we're not going to get into. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of, of being wronged. Now, that's very tough. That's how, that's how, that is how tough love is. When you don't keep a record, most people call the record keeper. Can, can you come over right away? I want to record this. She said, I, I want to record it. I want, to, I want her to sign it with her own blood right now. Um, it keeps no record of being wronged. You know, one of the greatest experiences of love in the world is to be able to, to just say, you know what? I've forgiven all of that. It's just gone. I don't. I love you so much. It's just washed it away. And then verse six says it does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Now, that's this is a phenomenal way to translate this. Verse seven says love never gives up. Everybody say never. Never loses faith. Is always hopeful. And endures through every circumstance. So I will say to you that when the doctor walked in and said you're. Oh. Your son is going to have open heart surgery in the morning. That I wrestled like a big crybaby. I could not understand how God could allow. I could not grasp it. It was beyond my ability. It was like I cannot accept this. And my precious wife said whatever whatever that's what we promised. I don't think I could have gone through it. Of course, I wouldn't have wanted to have gone through it alone, but she did not uh, lose faith. One time I said, "Hun, you're going to have to reach over here. I'll never forget this long. You can judge me all day long. Fine with me. Put it in a book. You're going to have to reach over here and lay your hands on me. I cannot bear this. I cannot bear it. I can't go through this. I don't know how you're holding up, but I, I need something to give me the strength. And she reached over and she put her hands on me. I got a strength that I didn't even know existed. Now, it wasn't easy, but, but we got through that together. So when you say never, <laughs> every once in a while, you know, you ever been right on the edge, you know, oh, I'm on the on the edge you know once in a while you get right on the edge but you but it carries you through love is a powerful force anybody glad that God loves us tonight hallelujah God loves us and so now when we say love is patient and kind it's not jealous or boastful or proud or rude it's not demand its own way it's not irritable and blah all these other things are these just the claims of a fairy tale see I think many people think so. I think even many Christians think that's just not possible. 
It's just not possible to live like that. But uh, I believe that it is a roadmap for us to find a success in our relationships. So I never grew up, and I'm, uh, I, I have to be careful when I'm on tape and it goes all over the place. I didn't grow up seeing an example of. No, I, I didn't see it. I never saw it. So I told the Lord when I came to the Lord, and I was the first one in my family, and I said, Lord, I want to, I want to, somehow, I, I don't want to repeat the mistakes. I want to somehow you got to help me to do uh, to do better. And so he he helped me. Now Let's go to the next one. Everyone say praise the Lord. Now turn with me to Ephesians chapter five. I'm going to have to hurry because I've got 12 principles and I've only barely touched. We're only now on the third one. Now let's let's begin here with uh, or move on. I should say to Ephesians 524. We're very familiar with this. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wise be to their own husbands and everything. Now, this is enormously controversial. Now, it didn't used to be, but our culture has become so, uh, so uh, it's been altered so much that not only do we not know for sure if a boy should be a boy or a girl should be a girl, or what, we, we're not sure if the, if the Bible's true. I mean, we're in a world where everything's up for grabs. The, one of the most uh, politically un, incorrect things a person could say is let the wise be to their husbands in everything as the church is subject unto Christ see so he he's he's giving a pillow to this so just as the church is subject unto Christ that is we have a relationship you uh, 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 you can't have relationship unless there's a way in which the relationship works and the way it works is these are equals but the husband is the headship of the family so that they work together and the husband carries this constant responsibility to be the head of his home. It's a God-given and ordained thing that he does. has nothing to do with who's better, who's greater, who's above, who's, who's perfect, not at all. But just as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, this is where, here's where it really gets good. Although I rarely hear this, people don't object to this like they do the prior statement. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Now, husbands, that is an enormous responsibility. I don't know how you could have a greater responsibility. To love your wife the way that Christ loved the church when he died for the church. Now that, that is everything. So the husband, I mean that to me, to say that I'm a subject or what is it? This is translated subject, which of course just means to be, uh, to have a, a submissive relationship in which I know we're equals, but my husband is under God responsible for this home. And therefore I am submissive and subject to this arrangement. But for the husband to be told he has to love her exactly as Christ died for the church. That's, that's mind boggling. And it is a tremendous challenge. And it is, I think, something that we have to 
constantly be reminded of, just like I'm doing tonight. I mean myself. I'm a husband. To be reminded that my love, uh, uh, my love is to equate the the willingness of the Lord to die for the church. That's what my love is. I mean, just imagine such a love. Anybody here thankful that he loved us enough to die for us? Could you just lift your hands and, and praise him for it? Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Now, I, I will say this, that this is a very high bar, and uh, I'm not suggesting that it's easy. Uh, it would not be easy, but I will tell you right now, I'm just, just trying to be honest with you. Uh, I know that there's a lot of problems in America, but I know a lot of men that if their children were attacked, they would defend them and their own, give their own lives to defend their families. I was just hearing today, I'm, I, just, I don't even want to begin this because it, it, it so grieves me to hear uh, of the stories of people being under attack and, and the kind of evil that our culture is now, is now uh, causing. People's lives and breaking into homes. And uh, just this morning I was uh, reading of a, last night's news of a young girl just a few miles from here. That they broke into their home and she was home alone. And they shot and killed her for no reason whatsoever. I want to tell you right now, friend. We, we're living in a very troubled society. We had better not throw the Bible away. We had better learn to love each other as the Bible tells us to love each other. I didn't say it would be easy. I don't think it would be easy. Because I don't know those people. I've, I've just it, Since it's news, I can say it. I don't even know their name. I can't remember their names. Wherever they were and whatever was going on, I, I, I don't know the whole story in, in the one I just mentioned. But I can tell you right now, someone's grieving today. 13-year-old girl. For no, well, the reason was they, they, they wanted something out of that house and this, those stories go on and on so everybody knows that Christ didn't die for no reason somebody somewhere Christ died because there was so much sin in the world and we're told to emulate that to love no matter what the circumstances are so whatever you're going through whatever it is you can make it through and you can, you can be changed by God's love and he can make us what we ought to be. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray right now. Let's ask God to help us. Father, I pray that we will be an example to the world of what it is to be changed, not to be perfect, not to be great and, and mighty and rich and famous. No, just to be like you, Lord, and to serve those that we love. And even those that do not love you, we want to serve them. But we're going to serve our own families. And we're going to love our own families in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we're going to do a little lesson. Here we go. I'm move, moving to the next slide. Now, we're going to take a little lesson in foundations. The Bible says, be sound in the faith. Do you see that? It's Titus 1. If you have your Bibles, let's, let me pause. Turn in your Bibles to Titus chapter 1. I'm going to read three scriptures. It's be real quick. If you'll stay with me, it'll just be really quick. All right? And I want you to think about it. I don't want to run the aisle. I don't want to hang from the chandeliers. Of course, 
we have very little tiny chandeliers, but but I don't want to. I don't want any any big pizzazz. I just want to tell you the truth that we have to begin with the foundation. And if things are not right, then you have to go back and build the foundations. You have to fix the foundations. And so let's begin with verse thirteen, the very last few words of Titus one thirteen. And everyone, read it with me. Be sound in the faith. Okay. So, and you can see here that I'm giving you uh, an example of what the, the, the Greek word is. I'm, I'm not even going to, I'm not going to pause for that. I, I, I want to get past that. But the Greek word means to be like the original. In other words, your faith has got, you can't just say I'm a Christian and I, uh, and I, <laughs> I mean, folks, there's all kinds of Christian. You, you need the old time religion is what you need. Hallelujah. Now, I'm not judging. I'm not trying to be harsh people that are doing the best they know how. But I want to tell you right now, it doesn't change a thing. You need to repent. You need to be baptized in Jesus' name. And you need to get the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. And you need to live a holy life. And if you do that, your whole world's going to change. That is sound faith. Be sound in the faith. Not giving heed to what? Jewish, what? Fables. Come on, help me out. Not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men. And then it, I put the comma there and I put it. I'm just going to skip almost every bit of that. So so you, you don't give heed to the commandments of men. What men say or what men think is true or what they say religion should be. None of that's important because that's those are just fables. That's why I put there the, this guy on the cliff here. Are you falling for fables? Commandments of men that turn from the truth. That is, now we know that this means, everyone say praise the Lord. We know that this means right here. See, because I've told you this is a middle active participle. They turn themselves. See, it's when it's a middle, folks, when it's a middle, you're saying not that they just turn, but they turn themselves. They're responsible for turning away from the truth. In other words, they get off of the foundation. So you need to ask several questions. Do I love and embrace the truth? Am I a truth? Am I truth conscious? It would say, praise the Lord. Am I applying the truth and being truthful in my relationships? Or am I just so busy? I forget that. You know, who cares? Let them cry all night. Secondary questions. Do the people with whom I associate and by whom I'm impacted believe in the truth? Are they sound in the faith or are they moving away from the truth? See, I find it interesting that people that get in trouble, they're, they're all comfy, comfy with people that are walking away from the truth. Now, I don't mean be unkind to people. I don't care who they are. But, folks, we need to stand for the truth and be sound in the truth. And when we do, we're going to make quite an impact. Put your hands together and thank the Lord for it. We can make a difference if we stand for the truth. Now, I'm going to read this very quickly. Chapter 2, verse 1. We've only skipped a couple, two verses, see? We just ended there in chapter 1. Now we're in verse 1. Speak, but speak thou the things which become sound doctrine, that the aged men be sober. And I've given you the, the Greek. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me let, let me let them catch up with me. All right. Are, are we, uh, <laughs> he's trying to get it. Here it comes. Very good. All right. See here. So 
that the aged men be sober. Everybody say sober. All right. When here's a, here's th this word has several possibilities of meaning, and it doesn't matter what that Greek word is. I'm not going to pause for it. Be sober and grave, which means reverent, temperate, which means to have self-control and be sound in the faith. So he's coming back to this same question again. The point, of course, is that he's applying it to the aged men. Everybody say aged men. All right. Well, I'm not going to pick those. I'm not giving an age for it. The aged men and the aged women. And I won't say that again ever. All right. The aged women. And then uh, down here, he says the young women. Everybody say the young women. I'm going to say that as many times as I want. So the temperate, sound in the faith, sound in charity, and uh, sound in patience. The aged women, likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh what? Holiness. Yeah. Not false accusers. Not given to much wine. Teachers of good things. That they may teach the young women to be, now listen, sober, to love their husbands. Now, folks, this isn't a, uh, well, we might ought to be doing this. This is a command right here in Titus from Paul to Titus. And he said, I want you women, you aged women. Oh, I said it again. Sorry. To behave as becometh holiness because it's going to affect your relationships. Let me tell you, my friend. No, no, you listen to me. What you're watching and what you're listening to affects your relationships. Music affects your relationships. About 99% of what's happening, we can't even have a football game anymore without some sort of illicitness. That's the culture that we're in. You cannot let that flow freely in your living room. You're going to have to say, nope, I'm taking charge of this. And I'm not going to let it affect my mind and my heart. That they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their, what? Their children. Assuming they have children. They don't have children. You can't love children you don't have. To be discreet, chaste, everybody say chaste, and to teach them to be keepers at the home, which I've given you the Greek word there. I'm not trying to rub this in, but I just wanted to be sure you understood that we have a very clear oikurus, which means to have the care of the home. Everyone say amen. You know, I, I've often uh, find it interesting when men complain that, you know, I'm the king, I'm the castle, and all this stuff. And, and what they mean by that is they want to throw their dirty stuff wherever they want to throw it. As, as though, see, now, I know this is hard. Some of you don't want me saying this because... It's meddling. But there are things that have to change, even though there's nothing wrong with it in your mind. But that's her domain. 
And God gave her that domain. When I had to correct the children, because I was, uh, Sister French would say, um, when your dad gets home, I don't know if I can remember this, I might have to get help on this, but when your dad gets home, he's going to take care of this. Oh, no, no. <laughs> you take care of him, Mom. <laughs> You take it. Oh, mom, please take care of it. I'll, get, I'll go cut the switch or whatever. Uh, because when I get home, I would say, well, what do you want me to do? Not in front of the kids, of course. And I'd say, well, what, what is it you want me to do? Well, I want you to take care of it. And I'd say, well, uh, do you mean, do you want me to punish them? Is that what you mean? Yes, dear. I need you to punish them. And so I would, usually it was all three of them. <laughs> so I would go in there one at a time. Go to your room, go to your room, go to your room. And I'm thinking, she could have taken care of this before I got home. And uh, so I would send them in and I'd go in to usually Ryan first. And I'd say, okay, Ryan. I'm ashamed that I'm, I have to be in here. And this is going to hurt you worse. I mean, me worse. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is going to hurt me worse than it's going to hurt you. <laughs> they, of course, they knew that wasn't true. Um, and then I usually uh, get a little emotional. And then I would I'd say, I don't want to have to do this. But your mother would not have sent me in here. If it were not important and what you did, and then I would describe it. You see what I'm doing? I'm following her lead because that's her domain. If she says to me, those boys need attention now, then I have to say, well, now, actually, though, I was going to do, you know, I have this big spiritual thing I was going to do. I'm praying and I'm fasting and I'm seeking God. I don't care what you're doing. She needs me. She says, they've got to be dealt with. You've got to talk to them. Because if it starts tomorrow, then, uh, you know, here we go right back through it again. That's what you call respect. I don't want to do it. I never like doing it. I never, they, they, they may tell you a different story. And if you hear from them, you let me know. I'm just kidding. But you don't, you don't. Uh, nobody wants to do it. But if mama says it needs to be done, I respect her. And if I have something to say that maybe I want to, uh, uh, follow up, I'll do it out of earshot from them. And I'll say, no, honey, don't you think if we just, uh, maybe, uh, uh, this time I could just, you know, tell them that, you know, no, no, they have to be. They have to know that when I tell them daddy's coming home, <laughs> okay, daddy's home, hallelujah. That's her domain. I said, you know, hon, I think they might could watch, we might could get a video, something Christian, something decent, and we, we didn't even have a video player. I said, we could maybe get, a, not, an, not unless we make a, com right in front of the children, you're watching nothing in this home. 
that is not purposeful and pure. And so, okay, do you think we could do that? What do you think about that? Is it possible we could do that in a way that would allow them to uh, have that outlet, but it would be a, a righteous type of thing? And if she said no, then I said no. We're not doing that. Because that's what it means to be in a marriage where you both respect one another. And a, she is the keeper of the home. Let's go to the next slide. The, the young women to do good. Everybody say to do good. Which I'm going to suggest means to be kind. You can, you can think about that later. To do good. I could mean to just do good things except it's not neuter. But... It, it means to do good, meaning to do things that show goodness. That's what, that's what you're to teach the young women to do, to do things that are, have goodness in them, which is just another way of saying kind deeds and things that are the way they ought to be and obedient to their own husbands, same word we just looked at in Ephesians, that the word of God be not what? See it there? At the word of God, be not what? Is it there? Blasphemed. Everybody say blasphemed. Which is some, I, I, folks, I could, I could stay on this forever. Young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded. Everyone said amen. Now let's go, to the, let's go to the next slide. Now let's look here. Uh, oh, I do have a number. So I know where I'm at. Uh, let me think. We are, we just passed. Okay, I've just gotten halfway through the principles. So let's go to the next principle. How love breaks the cycle of failing relationships. When you add love. Now, I, I, did this, I didn't borrow this from Humpty Dumpty. I built this myself. So we have five uh, circles. The first one says, the, let's, let's point to it because that makes it more holy. So the first one is cooperation. So this is how marriages begin. Uh, but... Uh, uh, in the cooperative, loving relationship, you have all kinds of influence of wrong friends, television, carnality, and so on. Uh, but then, uh, if in this cooperation, what happens is you have a cycle of what, we, what uh, some people call degeneration. In other words, the relationship gets into trouble. So it starts with cooperation, and then it, it, this remains that way as long as you love each other and so on, but suddenly something happens or you get your feelings hurt or something or maybe the needs are not met. Maybe a husband, I mean, the guy that said, I told you when I married you, I loved you. I thought you knew that that, that stuck forever. I mean, there's no, well, no wonder he's in trouble. So eventually you move down into the uh, problem of retaliation. So you start, this is, we could just say you start into uh, at, you get at each other, and uh, you, you, your needs are not being met, or you're not feeling like you're loved, and so um, various things are contributing to what we'll call the, I won't say the fighting stage, but the retaliation stage, which then deteriorates into a period of, I'm right, no, you're not, I'm right. And that stage is, uh, is where people should wake up. This, this is the best place to wake up. If you happen to be uh, in a, a place where you are 
uh, at wits end with a uh, so you, your husband or your wife, um, then be very, very careful because the longer you're married, if you push this relationship further, then you can end up, and of course, many American marriages do end up on the scrap heap. You end up in a, where you, you, you're no longer really living in a loving relationship. You're just living in the same place. And then, uh, then this, it's going to end up a dead relationship. And then the question is, can this be brought back around? And, of course, the answer is that it can. And how many believe that God can help us with every, everything in our lives, including our homes and our children? In fact, why don't we lift our hands and pray that God will bless our homes right now, what, whatever level it is. Father, I pray for the, my loved ones. I pray for each and every one here tonight, whatever their needs are. I pray that hope will come. And that you will help us to see that if we can get a, an infusion of love and good thinking, we can break the cycle that leads to trouble. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Okay, let's go to the next slide. And this is eight. All right. And then we'll just be four away from the end. Now, let's look at the role of, of love in achieving what the Bible calls oneness. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look here at Mark. I'm going to use Mark. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain, in other words, they're actually two people, but they shall be one flesh. Which is it's, uh, so sad that we're in a culture where uh, morality is, the moral degradation of our world is contributing to the downfall of our culture. We're seeing it all around us where degradation and immorality are leading to uh, so many, so many problems. So, but it's meant to be two people become one flesh. So then they are no more two or twain, but one. What therefore God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. Now, this, this, um, this principle of being one flesh, I want to look at four things. First of all, a marriage must uh, nurture the principle of partnership in relationship, that I have an obligation in this relationship. Was that amen? Anything that threatens marital oneness is contrary to what God wants in our relationship. So whatever's going on, and sometimes it seems like, you know, many times people say, I don't know how to, how, what are we going to do? We, do? we don't know what we're going to do. Well, I'm not sure what we're going to do, but we have to do something. We can't just keep right on doing what you're doing because now it's come to blows or it's come to, uh, she's, she's living with mom now or whatever. You've got to get to the bottom of it and get this straightened out. Now, number three, find out how to adjust to the faults and weaknesses of your marriage partner. And of course, if you could do this, there would never be any problems. But to adjusting and allowing the Spirit of God to... allow you to adjust to faults and weaknesses. Now this, I, I could see me getting uh, cards and letters on this. Um, 
So can we just, I'm, I'm almost, I'm almost uh, I've got four more, but four more little points. But uh, folks, there, there's no such thing as a perfect person. I don't care if they made straight A's in college and they, and they went to the moon and back. There is no such thing as a perfect person. Therefore, if you don't adjust to their weakness and faults, see, the idea that you can make them over is not going to happen. You're not going to make them over. Now, I don't mean by that you can't, people can't improve, and I think marriage improves. One of the great things about marriage is it improves people. It, it, it makes you a better person. Learning to be a father makes you a better person. Learning to be a mother. All these things, they, they improve you, but that's not your goal. Someone said, well, he's, you know, he's not in the church, but I'm going to, no, 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 you don't go there. You, you are embracing the faults and weaknesses because you're going to learn about them and how to adjust by dealing with those weaknesses in a, in a godly way. In fact, this is really what we do to all, everybody in the whole world. Sometimes I get criticized because people want me to be harsh to someone. I get it all almost every, every day. Well, well Pastor, you're, you're a godly man. Why don't you, you know, let them have it right in the kisser? I get that all the time. Well, he, look at him. He, he goes, he's, he's backslid. He's a backslider. And what they want me to do is to walk over there and go, you're a backslider. You're a dirty old dog backslider. That's what they want me to do. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not doing it. I'm going to walk right over there and say, God bless you, brother. I love you. I've been praying for you. See, that makes some of them mad. Someone just told me recently, well, they, they used to come to this church. I said, I don't care where they used to go. I'm going to love them. And I'm going to be honest with them. I'm going to tell them the truth when the time comes and what is necessary. But I'm going to love people. And whatever the problem, Ham knows that God can make a difference even in our weaknesses and our faults. And nothing, no, never more uh, powerful than in a relationship. And then make a commitment to the time and effort that's necessary to, to deal with all of that. Put your hands together and thank God that he can change lives. Now, um, this is, uh, let's see, 9, 10, 11, 12. Okay, we're almost done. Here we go. Now, let's look at the, how love affects uh, and allows us to have meaningful communication. Now, this little cartoon um, the bottom is a scripture. Don't look at that. But just look at the guy there with the spaghetti. You see him? Okay. He walks in the door. Now, everybody tell me, what do you notice about him? Don't, 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 don't scream it out or anything. You may not notice it. But I, I, I've had this for many years. I love this little, I mean, I've used it different times. I don't know. I've thrown it around, had it here and there. And I decided to grab it. But what do you notice about him uh, that's, no, never mentioned in the cartoon, but he's he's doing something. I know he's looking uh, and then he's got spaghetti in his face. But does anybody notice uh, you want to just brother French? Do you notice brother Guevara? Do you can you see him? What's he doing there? What's he doing? Can you tell what he's doing? You can't tell it, it's let me sit over here. Maybe I'll see it. See if I can see it when I'm sitting over here. Yes, I can see it. What's he doing? He's, 
you're acting shy. We're almost done, folks. We're not going to be all night. Uh, Jacques, what's he doing? Can you tell? What's he got in his hand? Looks like an egg, but I think that's probably one of those uh, stones that you hold when you're nervous. <laughs> it's one of those. What do they call those? I, someone told me some recently what that is. People get them and they hope. A worry stone. Yes, brother. Dan knows, he, he knows exactly what a worry stone is. It's a, it's, <laughs> it's a worry stone. He's holding. This is why this particular cartoonist is so fun to look at. He's always got some little something. So he walks in the door and he says, where's dinner? So, of course, I'm using this because... Uh, well, he, of course, he gets it, and he gets dinner right quick. She delivers dinner. Very. This is what you call. Uh, what is it called when you call and say, "Hey, I need pizza quick." What's that called? Delivery. He got he got dinner delivered in a record. Uh, I mean, in a record time, right there. And he says, "You could have just pointed." He said, where's dinner? And then he gets dinner. Now, the Proverbs 21 says, it is better to dwell. And I'm going to read it. You don't have to read it. Don't you read it. Don't you read it. Nobody here read this. It is better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and angry woman. Now, this, we could take this as a negative in terms of, of a woman, but of course, that's not the point of Proverbs. The point of Proverbs is if you allow things to become so bad that you've got spaghetti in your face. Now, I'm, I'm interpreting this very loosely. If you're coming home and asking for dinner and then you're wearing it a few seconds later, then you are a fool. Of course, you're not. Nobody is. I'm, it, it's meant to be hyperbole. But uh, uh, if you're going to change the situation, not this one. This is just a joke. But you, if you're going to change the contention and the anger, and lots of relationships are filled with it, you have to do something about it. You have to communicate and you have to get help. And I don't mean run to the preacher. If you, if you want to do that, you should do that. And uh, many times people can help, especially if your uh, whole life is falling apart. I never have understood people that let the, the, their children just literally fall into big, massive holes and, and don't say, help us, Pastor. What, what are we going to do here? We're having a struggle. When, when prayer, anybody believe prayer changes things? God makes a difference. We can, God can give us the ability if we will love. And I believe love is the answer. When it is a struggle, you need to pray that God will baptize you with the greatest love that you ever had. And if you have a child that you're struggling with, you need to pray for a baptism of love. When someone comes and says, oh, you need to beat that kid. Have to, you, you need to beat that kid. Have to die. You just... Walk away. Because that's not the answer. Now, I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm telling you, beating him have to die. That's not an answer. The answer is to be bad.
Christ with so much love. All you can do is see God doing the miracle in your baby and changing that relationship. Some of you women, you need to pray for a baptism of love like you have never had before. That you will love him as you've never loved him before. Because love is the answer. The greatest of these is love. All right, next one. Okay, that you have enough of that little joke? Now, here's, here's one I use Sunday morning. So when... Uh, when someone is building a wall like we see this young lady here, then your marriage is trying to talk to you. Would you if you come home and your wife is uh, got a cement uh, deal and she's and there you are. See, my first question I ask about. Uh, our, our brother here is, what in the world is he doing reading the newspaper when his wife is over there building a wall between them? He's oblivious to what's really going on in, in his, in his own, own living room. The caption says, you want to give me a hint what you're mad about? Well, if it's reached this point, listen, folks, if the wall in your living room is that high, you are in serious trouble. Your marriage is trying to tell you you need to find a way to get a hold of the love of God, not only for yourself, but for the person you said I do. You need anybody believe God. Anybody believe God is able to make a difference in our relationships. Praise God. And he can make us better. He can make us better people. I believe that. God can change us. I believe when the Holy Ghost fills us, he, he takes charge of us, and he can make us the person that we ought to be. Can we just lift our hands and say, Lord, make me the person that I ought to be, and I praise you for it right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Okay, that's the end of the little, uh, little jokes. Now, let's go to the next slide. First Peter 3, 7. I've only got two more, and then we're done. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them. Re read this with me. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. Let's do it again. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. Now, folks, this is an order. This is a command from Scripture. Husbands, you got to live with her according to knowledge. Then it goes on to say other things which I'm leaving out, give honor, giving, under, uh, giving honor unto the wife and so on. There's lots of more in that verse. But the way we give or the way we dwell according to knowledge is God gives us an understanding that binds our relationship. How many times have I seen a family that was just, it was over. If it weren't for the Holy Ghost, giving understanding through humility. Everybody say humility. It has to start there. And discernment. You're able to look and say, oh, I, oh there it is. There it is right there. One of, the, one of the first things you have to do is find out where did this start? Where, and you go back, wait, wait, we're all, wait, I'm trying to get back to it. What was it? What did you say? Something happened way back there. 
But the Lord sends discernment and then all of a sudden the Holy Ghost starts working and making a difference through the power of prayer. Everybody say the power of prayer. Everybody say the power of prayer. Hallelujah. This church is built on prayer. Aren't we a praying church? Do we believe in prayer? Do we believe prayer makes a difference? Prayer does make a difference. It makes a difference and it produces divine insights, renewed confidences, mindfulness. Everybody say mindfulness and godly consideration. All this becomes comes back. Hey, instead of building that wall, build on renewed confidences and put that into your life. What builds up the hopes and dreams of your spouse builds up your hopes and dreams. Everybody said amen. Now, let's go to the last one. Let's not stand yet. Just a moment. Now, can you see that little? There is a little cartoon up there. Okay, this is one of I've. <laughs> oh, this is the same guy. I, I can't read his name. I'm not sure who that is. Um, but he says, you see the wife, and I'm sorry that. We've had several wives in these pictures that were not very uh, good examples. But notice what she says. Can you read that at all? That's very tiny. Can you see it? It says, the, the wife says to the counselor. We know he's the counselor because there's a thing there over his head that says counselor. And she says, I don't know what's wrong with the marriage. Ask stupid here. And there's, there he is. That's stupid right there. And, of course, we automatically know that what the problem is. Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. James 1.19. Spend quality time. Everybody say time. Never stop courting. So in case you need to. A little breakdown, I've given it to you here. Say, I love you as often as you can. I mean, even the culture doesn't resist that. Saying, I love you is, is perfectly legit, a perfectly manly thing to do in our culture. Just say to the woman you love, I love you. No one's, no one's yet uh, passed a law against that. Be on your best behavior. See, this is love. When you're on your worst behavior, whenever you're with her or vice versa, um, <laughs> it's all automatically slipped into talking to the husband. Be on your best behavior. Be thoughtful, courteous, and considerate. Number four, be wise and value your spouse. As God does. And your relationship will be changed. Let's stand together. And I want us to pray that God will give us a revival of young people, young marriage. I feel, I feel like the Lord's getting ready to. Uh, we're going to pray young couples through. I've got about seven young couples right now that I'm working with that are either already coming or very interested. I want you to pray with me right now. And I want us to pray for one another. But could we just pray that God will send a revival 
to a young generation and that God will show them direction in their lives because they're looking for answers. Could we do that? Come on, let's pray together. Come on, let's just, I know it's, let's just really talk to the Lord a moment. Father, I thank you right now. I thank you because you're helping us. You can help me. I can be a better person. I've got to be a better person. And now I pray, Lord, for all those that are struggling in our community. Their families are in turmoil. There's all kinds of trouble. Lord, the guns and the troubles. And it, it's unbelievable. Now we ask, Lord, for the answer to come to their homes. I pray that we'll be the answer. We'll show them.